Hello and welcome to As Yet Untitled. I'm Rob. And I'm Chris. <coughs> Hello. <coughs> and Rob's still dying. I'm still dying. Well, it's been going for three years now, hasn't it, the Harry Potter uh, series? Yeah, but technical difficulties and having to take Life. time off and, and stuff like that kind of it changed the way we wanted to do it. However, we promised the next trilogy or series or whatever it is that we do will be done within a year, which means it's going to be working harder on ourselves. You're going to get more episodes out, so it will be a lot more consistent. Um, however, I've enjoyed having this break from Harry Potter. Um, and then kind of going back with a fresh kind of set of eyes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I mean, this is the first time I've watched Harry Potter anything in quite some time. I mean, sometimes it'll be on the telly and you click through. Yeah. But uh, it's like sitting there watching it from start to finish thinking, it has been a good four years and such. Other than watching it for the pod, I haven't watched any of it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was really nice. I, and I, t- I don't want to give a uh, a spoiler away of one of my notes. However, <laughs> it was nice to watch one and think, do you know what? I'm actually watching it for the podcast and everyone else is talking. And I'm like, shh, I, I need to focus and stuff like that. It was it was really odd because I, I took notes and, and stuff like that. So it was really odd knowing that I'm watching Harry Potter for the podcast at home instead of with you. Because normally we only, I'd only watch them with you for the the pods. Yeah. So it's really weird watching it at home with the wife, who's a big Harry Potter fan and and stuff like that. Um, and I went, I actually said to her, I was like, does does that mean you need to come on a podcast now because you've watched the episode at, like I watched the film? And she was like, I'm not coming on the podcast. <laughs> so. Uh, um, well, in the future we've got something planned. We need someone to ask us questions, don't we? That's going to come up at yeah, some point. May, may, maybe she can be the voice of questions. The voice yeah. of the, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going with that. I, I, Question master. Yeah, maybe. When I, did you watch it? Like last <coughs> yeah, like, night? Yeah. I, I was so wiped last night. I don't know why, but I was wiped. Once I got mum into bed, I was literally sat on the bed and I woke up this morning. Yeah. So I was down here at six o'clock in the morning watching Harry Potter. <laughs> so it's fresh, fresher in your head than it is mine. <laughs> yes. And I actually did. <laughs> I'm actually proud of the amount of notes I actually did. I'm quite a lot of them. I'll be honest, man. It, I uh, I I started taking notes and then I got too engrossed in the film as always. Um, stopped taking them. Um, however, <laughs> many, I have many questions. Um, <clears throat> but before we get into reviewing, uh, there is a couple of ways that you can support the podcast channel itself. So you can either click in the description link and be extra extra lazy and click on our link tree. And on our link tree, it's got links to our podcasts. Obviously, you're listening now, but if you, I don't know what you're listening through. So if you're listening through SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, or Amazon, or Google, and obviously go there. Um, we've also got our merch link. So if you want to click on there, which is shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash frmmediaayu, then obviously go there. Um, and finally... You can find all of our social media channel pages also on there. Uh, so I say also in the description link, either through Linktree or through the description link itself. But if you do want to find them, you want to be lazy, then go onto Linktree. If you don't want to be extra, extra, extra lazy, then literally I'll just in the link below. The best way to keep in contact with us and find out what we're doing and coming up with uh, in 
current events and next things and questions and stuff like that literally is either on our Twitter or our Instagram. Our Facebook does get uploaded. However, because it's a lot harder with Facebook and the traction and connecting and communicating with people, for some reason for our channel, it works a lot better through Twitter. Um, we have a big Twitter family um, that people like, share, retweet and stuff like that. So come and join our trust on the Twitter family. Be one of us. Um, one of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, follow us on there, especially Instagram as well. We also host like little competitions and com competitions even. Um, and little things like that. And we ask you to get involved. So that is the best way to see what we're up to. Um, and back to the pod. <coughs> Yeah, man. Um, all right, so... <coughs> I'm I'm going to start off with a note that's at, okay. the, that's at the end of the film. Well, and I know that I wrote at the end of the film, right? Yeah. But I think it's... <laughs> I just read my notes. <laughs> what is it? What have you done? I'll read it in a minute. Um... <laughs> Um, autocorrect kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah. things are not. Um, right, but I'm going to give you my 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 last very first my thought at the end of this film. Right, right at the end of this yeah. film, my thought was, I need to watch the next two now. <laughs> like it made me want to watch Deathly Hallows Part One and Two. So you think Harry Potter has an addictive quality to it? No, not all of them, which is weird. This one in particular, the way it ends, I'm thinking, I know what's coming. I've seen them all before. Not one. But you need to see him on his journey. Yeah, I need to see what happens. Like, it, especially with like the necklace and because for some reason, like I've always, I've always said, half blood, half blood prince is my favorite, right? But for some reason, there's something about this film that kind of. It ties everything else that's happened in the past to this moment. And then it's from the Half-Blood Prince moment that's like, all right, now we're on the final part of this journey. Like, now, now it's going to get interesting. I don't know if that's just me, but that's how it always seems to happen when I watch it. No, I can see how all the movies lead up to this one movie. It's like all the paths converge to one point, And from here, when we're on. It's split one line to the destination. Mm -hmm. So all the things you've experienced up to this point lead to one exact point, and you know exactly what path it's going to take. You just want to see that path. Yeah, like if it was a race, this is that second to last lap. This is the yeah. one that's like, right, full speed. Build up to the finale. Exactly. And I think, I think JK's writing and the way that this film is made really does set the, team, the scene and the tone for like the next two that are coming. Um, obviously I'm going to talk about them I haven't watched them however I definitely said to my wife I was like I need to watch them to while I'm in that buzz because I want to talk about them <laughs> um, I mean I've got like another week off so at some point if we do <coughs> if we do them then um, you know it'll be they'll be done uh, also before we do get on to that could people in the description not in the description people listening either comment tweet us Instagram us Facebook us or whatever Tell us how you want us to do Deathly Hallows. This was a conversation me and Chris had kind of on slash off air. Um, yeah. Now, the film is in two parts. The book is very big. Do we do Deathly Hallows part one as a film? 
as a film review on its own and then part two separate? Or are we doing Deathly Hallows part one and two as like a long podcast? Um, I'm happy that's, either way. That's not one I don't think we'd be doing over the phone. That's no. going to be very difficult to do over the phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to do either. Uh, I think part one and part two is how I'd rather do it. Because that way you get like part one and then we get literally, it's like that big finish episode. But however we do it, one and two will be released on the exact same day. So it'll basically will be, I'll be editing one, releasing it, then editing the next one as well and releasing it. So both of them will be edited, put together and then released one after another. And that's how it will be. So regardless of whatever way you want us to do it, they'll be released on the same day. So if you want them single single and then that's how it would be if you want it separate if you want them recorded together and then split then that's fine if you want them recorded separate and then put together until both parts are recorded it won't come out um basically but yeah let us know um but yeah back back to this one uh harvard prince um so my my first note um (laughs) which is what i was laughing at uh (laughs) my notes um harry and I'll, I'll read my note. Bit of a toaster, really. The word was supposed to be tosser. <laughs> okay. I, I, look. <laughs> you didn't even realise until afterwards. <coughs> I've only just realised. The reason I wrote that is because that's what he calls himself. Yeah, when he's in the muggle train. What's, what's he doing in the calf in a train? Uh Seems a bit weird a place for him to be. I don't think it is actually, because he's not hiding out of sight. He's he's just around. I mean, what else has he got to do? He's going to spend time with the Dursleys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else he could do outside. But I don't know. It just seems really weird. I mean, you could go to a cafe, but why go to a cafe in a train station? She's in, he's in between two tracks. Yeah, just seems a very odd place to go to a cafe for, for me. Uh, I, I, I really don't know. Um, but yeah, and I love how she's reading about, he's reading about the thing Harry Potter. And I'm sure his photo's on the newspaper, right? Yeah. It's on, it's on the um, the front of it. You can see he's holding it like that. You yeah. can see his face there. So why is the woman asking about who this Harry guy is when she can literally see his photo is on the front of the paper and he's, she's looking at the same guy? I don't know. I just... I don't know. <laughs> well... Did she see the paper? Because he's holding it like that and then she's come over here. So maybe she there's the pictures on the front. She didn't see it. I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I, I do have criticisms with it because <clears throat> they say that magic can't happen outside of Hogwarts. Muggles aren't allowed to see it, yeah? That's yeah, true, it, but the paper is magical. Does that or does that not defeat the object of the, not the state, magic the not state. being seen? The statute of secrecy is what they call it. Yeah, I understand. I mean, um, uh, magic. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the paper is magical, but it's not something that's going to catch a muggle's eye. If, but, if they don't, if they, yeah, if they saw the pictures moving and that, yes. But I don't think many, most wizards and witches wouldn't have the stupidity of Harry to sit there in a muggle calf holding a, a daily prophet open wide. Yeah. The thing is, I'm sure she says to him, like, she either heard the, the thingy or see the pictures moving, something like that, because she says it. Maybe it's, maybe they didn't think it's a big enough breach to be worried about. I mean, someone saw some, a picture moving 
they, they, that, could, that could be explained by today's technology to a point. I mean, I know it's paper, but you, 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 some people are more than willing to forget things that they may have seen if it doesn't quite fit with normality. I guess it could be your eyes paying tricks on you. Yeah. And she could have had a spell to increase that, that acceptance of it rather than just wiping the memory out. Possibly. Um, but yeah, it just it made me think like, surely if it's if it's been seen, then it would be stupid to have a wizarding newspaper in a muggle area knowing that wizarding newspapers move. It would be pretty stupid. I mean, if it wasn't, if someone wasn't so accepting of, let's say, accepting to, oh, how do I say this? If someone wasn't so willing to simply let their mind gloss over something unusual and they were way too inquisitive, that could lead to the downfall of the wisdom world. Yeah. Exposure. And we both know what happened if the wisdom world got exposed. There'd exactly. be a war. Um, all right. So, what was your first note? My very first note was opening an attack on uh, Diagon Alley. They kidnap Ollivander. And I get really peed off with the people in the street. All these people have wands and use magic and no one tried to fight back. Do you think though they, they, were, they didn't fight back for the sheer fact that they knew they wasn't going to win? There were like three, there were like twice as many people there than there were Death Eaters. Even a simple stunner will render your, your opponent unconscious. They, most of the wisdom people are sheep. They follow whoever has the loudest voice. As long as, they, as long as they're not in danger, they won't bother. Yeah, it annoys me because everyone, everyone, everyone goes to Ollivanders for their wands, right? Everyone does. Mm -hmm. You would think they'd want to protect that because no, they're okay. There might be other places, but Ollivanders been there since what thirty-two BC or something. It said on the door. I think so. The thing is, I think a lot of the questions like this that we just said, obviously the newspaper, this one, it's kind of one take with a pinch of salt because of the type of film it is and the way the people are. But two, I think this is just a side issue of what's happening. Like, the main main reason in for that scene is Ollivander being taken. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they could have shot that in somewhere, another way completely different where there wasn't people around. But it wouldn't have made much of an impact. Maybe, maybe if some of the Death Eaters had attacked people in the process, which is why people stood down... Do you know what I mean? Then that way they wouldn't have attacked. I guess the thing is, you have to put it into a thing of, are the Wizarding World people afraid of the Death Eaters? Well, yeah, because they can't even say their leader's name without shuddering or fear. Then I guess you have to kind of take that with it as well. Like, if, if, they, if they're afraid of the Death Eaters, they're not going to fight back for the simple fact of what are they getting out of it. Whereas well Harry and that, well, I'm still allowed to be annoyed for not fighting back. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, and then we've got um, but uh, Dumbledore appears and he can apparate. Although at first I thought I had an earring problem because I thought he said evaporate. Um, Just get something like steam starts emerging. <laughs> okay, this is good. Um, the apparating thing irritates me. Why? It's basically teleportation. Because he can apparate fine the first time. Of where they need to be. And the second time they do it, he lands Ari in water. Like, <laughs> you, you can either do it perfect every time, or you can't. I don't know. I, I mean, I did have to look at that and think, Dumbledore could have teleported right to their front door. Sorry, apparated him straight yeah. to the front door. 
and he shouldn't have arrived by himself. If he's doing side along operation, you actually arrive together. You don't send the person off ahead. But that, that you arrive together. Yeah. Look, you arrive together, and then you like you'd go off separately. But you can't just like hold on someone, teleport them, and then you go off somewhere else. It doesn't work like that. Well, that's that's exactly what I thought. Um, but yeah, I get for comedic effect, it's funny, but it didn't make sense. Like, how could he operate one place? It'd be fine. Then the next place I operate, and Harry's in the middle of water. It's never mentioned that he actually. He, he walked into yeah, he's in the Weasley's house. We'll get. Our, we'll go back to what he's supposed to be in a moment. But in the we never walks in. No one ever mentions that like, he's got soaked from the knees down or something. No one ever says anything. No, not at all. He doesn't even look soaked when he gets in the house. No. <laughs> um, right, if we go back a little, I've got the. I've got. Uh, oh, they go to recruit Slughorn for the. Uh, the well, they need him at Hogwarts. Yeah. However, when I first... I, I love the intro of Slughorn. Um, being a sofa. Or a, a chair. As he's the settee, did you notice his shoes were sticking out the bottom? Yeah. So when he goes back, that's actually where his shoes are. Because he's... I want to say transfigured himself. But it seems more like a transformation, doesn't it? Because he flicks his arm and he turns back into an arm. Yeah. He's clever. Very clever. Do- did you realise? Yeah, well, obviously you realised, but that's not his house. He's broken into a Muggle family's house or in the Canary Islands or something. Yeah, he's got no regard for the, for normal humans. They're just oh, well, I'm, you're not there. I'm going to use your house. Mm-hmm. Sure is, he treats it as his own house for one. How did he get that messy in a week? Two, right? And why has he put his bloody pictures up? Like, I just don't understand that. As for being messy, I think he had wards, like alarm spells outside to let him know a wizard was nearby. Right. So he made the room look like he'd been attacked because he put dragon's blood on the ceiling to make it seem like there'd been an injury. Right, okay. But I did love the bit where um, Dumbledore just waved his wand and everything seems like time seems to reverse. That bit, I love that bit, the way the entire room gets fixed back to normal. I have issues with that too. I'm, am I not allowed to enjoy No, 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 thing? no, no, no. Oh, this, is, this is my issue, right? He can do that, yeah, and that's yeah. not a problem. But later on, when something else is a mess, he can't do that, and he he has to. That they're not allowed to do it. Same. Oh, it was um, what was it to do? With? No, it was it was something to do with. He fixed the the mess that was there in the house. Then later on, there was a mess, and he didn't fix it. And then later on as well, the Weasley's house is on fire. And they can't pull it out with water. Yet later on in the film, Harry can magically make water appear. Like, I just... There is no continuancy in this film. And I think that's... The, that or with magic. And that's what irritates me about the series. You can do one thing for one thing. And then the next thing, you can't do it. It just... It doesn't match up. Well, with, for me, the re- I think the reason they didn't do much with the house, you know, didn't try and put it out with the water... I think they're in shock. It's the, the, like people have seen Naxton. They could go and help, but they're just frozen. They're looking at what's happened and they just can't process it. I know that it couldn't have happened to everyone at the same time. Well, could have happened, I suppose. But to everyone at the same time. And they could have used like Aguamente or Aqua Eruptor or whatever it is just to create lots of water. But I think they were, some, most of them were just in shock. But um, the other masses, I don't know. I haven't got an excuse for them. Um, saying that though, people being in shock probably answers your question earlier about why they weren't helping Ollivander. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. I can admit to that. But 
<laughs> I know that, to me, I'm thinking of everyone being like Harry or like the uh, the DA, the Defence Association from the previous movie. Yeah. I I don't seem to think of them as like being simple members of the public who have wands. I expect them to be able to react, but obviously they all can't. Yeah. I think I think the only issue is, and I think it's, I said, this is my favourite film of the, the franchise. But what irritates me so much about it is the fact that there's so much inconsistency when it comes to the idea of magic. It's kind of Star Wars with the Force. Like, <laughs> one minute it's fine and you can use it for this. And then in the next scene, the time you would need to use it, you're not allowed. It's it's forbidden. Like, it, I've, it either makes sense or it doesn't make sense. I either get it right the first time or don't use it at all. You know, you've all these spells and stuff like that. And then I just, I, it baffles me. Like, why would you not put the house out that you live on? With a water spell, and then in the same film, Harry makes water magically appear, so Voldemort can drink. Uh, sorry, so, so Dumbledore can drink. Like, if you can do that spell, use it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so we know you've got... You, you, <laughs> you have issues with the magic. Okay, I understand that now. It's, it's not the magic, it's the inconsistencies in the magic. That's the issue. But yeah, what was your next note? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got the Harry drops. Uh, sorry, Dumbledore drops Harry to Marsh. Um, yeah. You see the first flickers of interest between Harry and Ginny. Is that whenever they first go to Louise's house, right? Yeah, when um, when she sees his stuff in the downstairs, the the hot yeah the yeah out, and she basically they like that fight each other. I loved, it. <coughs> I loved that. Is Harry here? Harry, Harry who? Like, I love how they're all <laughs> shouting at each other from the stairs. Different that, levels. Yeah. But again, how can Harry's stuff appear in the Wheezy's house absolutely fine, but Harry himself, who apparated, lands in Marsh? Evaporated. I, uh, uh, apparated. He just lands it. I just don't get the... Was his stuff magic. sent ahead? Yeah, well, clearly their magic's dodgy because they're not in the right place together. Um, I think... He, Dumbledore would use house elves to quickly transport Harry's stuff. Do you reckon? Because they can move unseen by normal, well, by, by mundane people. Yeah. So the stuff would have been at the Dernsley. So quickly send the house elf in there to grab them, grab the bits and pieces, get out and take it to the weasels where you know it'd be safe. I guess so. I mean, that makes more sense. But then, how can Dumbledore just assume? I've actually put this in a note. Dumbledore assumes it's okay for people to stay at the Weasleys. <laughs> Even. Even Molly said that, didn't she? Yeah. I, oh, you should have let us know you were coming. I didn't know. Dumbledore. Oh, that man. Like, he just randomly drops yeah. people off at their house for no reason. Just, you know, an ask, you, an you ask would be nice. Yeah, just just asking would be nice. You know, just, just send an owl. You're sending house elves to an owl. Just to let you know that Harry's on the way. Literally, the house elf who dropped the bug, lag, luggage off could have just said a note for you. Yeah. I just, <laughs> it just really confused me. Um, but Ron, in just in one scene, stuff that Ron, I really get annoyed how dense he is sometimes. No girl wants to be rem- wants to be told they've got toothpaste marks coming out their mouth. Yeah, and he goes, "You've got some toothpaste," and she's like that. And I'm like, thinking, "Come on, you can't be that freaking clueless." That's to Ginny, right? Huh? No, that he said it to Hermione. Oh, okay. 
I think though, uh, you're throw. Oh, there we go. You're throws. I think that's just Ron. Like he, he has no filter. Like it, it, it just from here goes straight there. There's there's no thinking. And you find you see later your- on that, that he has no filter. It's just. <laughs> I mean, I did make a very similar mistake when I was younger. I was a lot younger than Ron was in this, okay? So that, that's my excuse for my stupidity. <laughs> but you, you don't mention it if you have to. You wait till everyone's out the way and you go, you've got a little bit of, you know, you say it very quietly to the measure pass, you've got a little bit of toothpaste in your mouth. Yeah. Um, I've got, so my next note would be is, um, so they're on the train on the way to Hogwarts. Um, Obviously, Harry <coughs> Harry wants to find out what's going on with um, Malfoy. So he stays behind on the train. Now, I'm slightly confused at this because obviously he dusts the train with whatever it is, that magic stuff. Um, gets under Brilliant the Brilliant darkness powder. Yeah, that. So he uses the powder stuff, right? Which is great. Yeah. Goes underneath the cloak, which is great. Malfoy knows something's going on. And then, obviously, he petrifies him. Yeah, covers him back up again. My question, why didn't Luna come off the train? <sighs> Luna, I always imagine, has some kind of second sight. She's the great-granddaughter of the seer in the books. She's yeah. actually related to someone who had second sight. So I'm thinking she has an inkling of what might be going on around her. I mean, it's believable that she... Ha- she has like a what's the word like a sixth sense, should we say? Yeah. Uh, of of sorts, because um, she's got them glasses on. And what is it she says? The glasses Harry leaves a trace of something, like Nurgles or Warsprax or something. That, yeah. that little creature. So, yeah. Um. So Luna is. I think she's very important in in my. She's she's very weird. She's she's important in specific moments. It's only later you find out why she's so important. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. So obviously she helps Harry, um, and then we get this really stupid scene, which I do find quite funny. But it was a little odd um, to include that part of the book, but not another part. Um, which would be, you know, when Harry and Luna are walking, and basically they've they've missed the coach or whatever, and they've now got to go another way, um, <clears throat> and they're having an inspection of all their their stuff. And he goes, "What's your name?" And he goes, "Professor, I've been you've been teaching me for five years." And he says, "It doesn't matter, Potter." Like, I get the comedic side of that, but is that necessary to this film? Like, what part does that play in this film other than the fact that they needed their bags checked? I don't know what part it takes in the film, but I think Professor Snape's always been just been a complete <laughs> dick to Harry. So, I think he's doing it literally. Do it's. A bit of a power complex Snape has. He's very much, I am. I have power over you, and I don't like you, so I'm going to let you know it. Yeah, I mean, it, we could, ha- it could be. We have missed uh, two uh, two scenes that are well, one's one bit, one scene, and one little bit of the scene. Okay, go on. One is when they're all still back at the Weasleys, and they've got they've got the paper burning and floating. Yeah, like none of them are out of school. That's illegal. That's magic outside of school. Like you've said, is illegal. Whoever's making it levitate, one of the kids, most likely Hermione, given the strength of the spell and everything, is breaking the law. I I guess. But is it outside of school in a muggle land or is it outside of school in, well, amongst other wizards? Because if it's amongst other wizards. 
I think they'll overlook it. It's like in a wizard in property, but it's technically illegal still, I would imagine. I mean, unless... And, go on. Go on. Unless, sorry, go on. I was going to say, unless one of the twins or Molly were the one that lit the fire. I don't see Molly doing it, but the twins, yeah. Okay, I can, I can see that. There's also um, Bellatrix and Narcissa went to Snape's house and got the Unbreakable Vow dealt with. Yes. Um, what do you think of that scene? Like, that's a very... That scene's very crucial to this film. Yeah, I, it clearly shows that even though, even though they're all Death Eaters, Bellatrix does not trust Snape because of his spying against Dumbledore. Yeah. And she even believes that he's misled the Dark Lord. She believes he's had him hoodwinkled or um, confused about all these bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. So she literally forces him into the, the vow. Yeah. I think it's after that, after that, after that happens, he goes to Dumbledore and tells him what's happened. So that's when they come up with the whole plan we'll see later comes into effect. See, I think... Obviously, they knew that what was going to happen, like, to do with... Malfoy I think they've they've got ears in every kind of every place um but I think they had this agreement before oh you think before the bell. yeah well they don't know that Draco's been ordered to do anything yet oh Snape yeah Snape already did know yes yeah, so he would have told um Dumbledore about it already yeah because they came to the house and Snape already knew about it yeah. so yeah okay they could have set this all up beforehand and I think it was his way of saying, like, let's make a vow. Um, because they didn't have no trust in him. Like, they didn't have trust in Snape, when I say him. Um, so the fact yeah. that he'd done the vow was kind of like, right, now I can show that I'm on side with the Death Eaters. At the same time, I'm still on side with what I need to do for Dumbledore. Um, yeah, that's how I looked at it. Because it would be weird for him to do the vow and then go to Dumbledore and say, look, I'm going to have to kill you if Malfoy doesn't. Like there would there would have to have been a reason. I think the fact that we know what's happening with Dumbledore, we follow we find out later on in the next film about Dumbledore's the illness and stuff like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I well, think in the book well, in the book, isn't it? Um Dumbledore calls Snape in to examine his hand after it happens. So that I think that's I think that's when the plan came into fruition, that point that we don't see in this movie. Yeah. Because at that point Dumbledore knows that the clock is ticking. Yeah. Um so the hand thing, like, do you, that's clear. I think clearly that's important to the uh, this film. Why, why do they choose to take that Horcrux out and keep obviously the necklace and stuff in there, which is part of the next film? But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand why they they could have had because I'm sure doesn't he try to destroy the ring and then it backfires on him? In the book, he put the he actually put the ring on, right? Because it was land. It's, the, it's one of the Deathly Hallows. It would yeah. allow him to speak to his sister and he desperately wanted forgiveness for what happened when she was younger. So he allowed his emotions to override his common sense and he put on a ring of that test in for a spell. Mm -hmm. all, all of the, all of the um, Horcruxes that we see have a, a trigger which is linked to them. So you have to write in the diary. You have to wear the locket. See, the ring had to be put on before the curse would activate. Yeah. And they, you know, they don't mention... <laughs> They don't mention what caused it in this movie. So this the, the injury, whilst the ring is so yeah, important, but the injury is what I was thinking of is um more important for the next movie. And this one, it's literally just an injury he's got to cope with for now. It's no it's no never all he all he says about it is um 
the ring was hard to destroy and it's a bit it's, yeah, it's not without consequences yeah so it's clearly more going on there but we don't find that until later yeah because harry touches the ring he pokes it and then it goes crazy and he sees like a flash like really not a flashback i guess but he gets flashing images of voldemort and stuff like that yeah um well that's did you, did you see how dumb how did you see how concerned Dumbledore looked when he looked up at Harry after little, that. Yeah. He's like, cause dark magic leaves a trace. He looks straight at Harry. And I think, I think more, he didn't look at Harry's face. I think he looked at the scar. Cause Dumbledore's always known that's been a Horcrux. I don't understand why he doesn't tell no. him then. No, sorry. He doesn't always know. He knew, he, he probably guessed in the second year because that's when he discovered it was really dark magic. And he assumed it left a mark on Harry. Right. It's only recently learned that these are Horcruxes. Yeah, we find out a lot about Horcruxes in this film. Um, <clears throat> what did I want to say? Um, yeah, um, obviously we'll find out a little bit more uh, before we get into that. Um, so <coughs> we get to see Harry and Ron on free period laughing at everyone because um, there's just traffic jams everywhere and they get sent to potions um, with Slughorn, who I've put down in my phone as Slater from uh, Only Fools and Horses. I don't, rec- I don't remember the character, sorry. He plays, you know, the, the office police officer, Slater, who ma- married Raquel. And then they find out later on. It's, I haven't watched no. Only Fools and Horses for a long time. I'd have to rewatch <clears throat> it. Okay. All right, well, I, I've yeah. got him All right, well, he plays the character. So instead of writing Slughorn, I just wrote Slater. It was quicker. Um, well, I wrote Slughorn for most of it. And only right near the end, I start writing the slug. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I wrote, whenever I... Needs to half blood prince, and right near the end of the HPP. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, they're in a, they're in, they do their potions and stuff. I love how they yep. argue over a book. Now, I <laughs> do you think that was put there for a reason? Like it, that has to have been placed there for a reason. The book, like the one to do with Snape. Yeah, the half blood prince book. Uh, no, I don't think it was put there for a reason. I just think it was a book Snape used to use. I think it's a lot of these books have been like left in circulation in the school. Yeah. So once you go past a certain level, you get a new set of books or something. Or once you finish your education, they, you, don't, you don't really keep the books. You just stick them back in the in circulation. I mean, that book had obviously been in there a little while. Oh, 100%. Um, <clears throat> what makes me laugh, though, is they look at, and I like this about Rom. They argue over who's got their better looking book, right? They argue about which one's going to get the better book. Now, bearing in mind that Ron's always had hand-me-downs and, and like, just tatty stuff. Yeah. I'm amazed that he didn't go towards the the, the broken one. And the I'm actually one. not. Really? I'm actually not surprised. There was a chance for him to have something new and shiny. He's going to grab it. Leave. You know, he's, he's Harry's friend, but Harry gets all the new stuff. He gets all the attention. So in this, I suppose in his mind, he could say, I've got something new and shiny. You can have the broken one for a change. Well, I mean, it backfires on him, doesn't it? Because uh, that broken one is uh, <laughs> the used and worn is um, the book that's needed. I did like it. Once they had the book stage, Harry goes to slap Ron's book out of his hand. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was um, that was a moment, I think, where they were just ad-libbed. Like, they, do you know what I mean? That's just Improvisation. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's just like, banter on set that must be because the way they were acting 
Um, but Hermione, in the in the in the actual Harry Potter book, Hermione gets quite jealous of the book book because she's because it's with its instructions which deviate from what's written down. Yeah, Harry gets better stuff, better results. And as the as the lesson goes on, you see Hermione's hair start to go out and frizzier and frizzier because the heat from the cauldron. Yeah, yeah, I did like that. Um, that scene does make me laugh. Uh, they're talking, obviously, they talk about the love potion, luck potion, um, and which really does remind me of um, something else that we've watched that has uh, luck and love potions in it, which is Red Wolf. Um, <clears throat> they're, they're viruses, but yeah. But do you know what I mean? Along the same sort of uh, same sort of lines, and I was thinking, like every time I hear like a luck potion or something like that, I I just think of Red Wolf with the uh, when he when he hammers himself because the women love him too much, so he has to hammer. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, when he throws the dart backwards, and it, that's when the potion of virus ran out. Just things like that, and it it just reminded me of other stuff that we spoke about to to do with the same sort of stuff yeah. if you know what i mean um it's funny how it kind of it comes full circle again um to ask what would what would you what right you had you've got the luck potion which is enough for wait let's say a day what day was you using what would you do on that day oh i i really don't know i mean i guess generic people would say like oh i do lottery numbers um you know or on a grand national I'd say you save up all year and then put money on the horse that's going to win for the grand. I don't know. Do you know what? I don't think there's a specific day that you could use it. Unless, like, you're underage and then you want to make, like, a, a massive, huge bet. Kind of like what Biff does in uh, Back to the Future, part two, when uh, he keeps the book and goes to the casino and whatnot. But, yeah, I don't think there's a specific day you would use it. Um, you could use it on a wedding day. So it's like it's, if you get married, you've already been really lucky. Yeah, well, there's that, but you know, like someone could you could open a gift and there'd be extra money. Or something. I don't know. I don't think there's a specific day that you could really use that where it'd be beneficial. What would you want a, a vial of luck potion? Um, I don't know. Again, I I would say yes, but what would I use it for? I'd want it. I probably I'd drink half, <laughs> drink half on one random day just to see what would happen, and the rest you're gonna like yo, like you said, wait till there's like a really big multi-million pound draw from the Euro Millions or something. But just before you get the place, drink it, get your ticket. As long as you do it like before the potion runs out. Yeah, but that's, I mean, answer answer that question. But it's like, at what point do you stop becoming lucky? Let's say you you had the potion. You then went over to the lottery number of however many it is, and you ticked off whatever ones you wanted, and then gave it in, right? At what point does that luck run out that the numbers are wrong? Does it, the minute you've wrote them down, then an hour, four or five hours later, the lottery numbers are called out? Are they going to be the same, or the, the potion can't alter reality? It alters. It can. It prompts, I think it like prompts circumstances to be more in your favour. So it can't, that's why I said about um, buying the ticket. I'd buy it like 10 minutes before the drawing or half an hour before the drawing. So you drink a day's worth just beforehand. So you've actually won. Yeah. Okay. I understand what you mean. But do you know what but, I mean? Of yeah. Like, <clears throat> there's got a, is, is there a, not, I don't want to say a time frame, but like. What's well, a day's worth? I guess. 
I don't know. I mean, it seems to last a very long time for Harry in this film. I don't know. If it, um, if it's a full day's worth and he drinks it in the evening and he's got to get the information from Slughorn, then the first thing he does, right, I'm going down Hagrid's. So it actually affects the user quite heavily. Like, he, oh, okay, I've got to do this. Drink it. I'm going to go do this instead. Even though it all links around in the end and he does get what he wants. Yeah. It, it does last for a good few hours. But I don't, he doesn't drink the whole thing, though, does he? Yeah. So he drinks it, but the camera pans, and then when he puts it down again, he's holding it like this. But I think it's the the glistening of his hand that makes it... I, I, for some reason, I thought he only drunk half, and then he takes it back again. So he saves some. But, um... <clears throat> however, I don't think the liquid luck is what you think it is. I, th I think it works to an extent. But you've already seen in this film that it's a placebo effect. I think it has a very strong placebo effect because Ron is a prime example. He doesn't have any of it and he thinks he's lucky. Well, that wasn't the potion being a placebo effect. That's that's uh, Harry tricking to thinking it. It's his own, his own confidence, his own belief in the potion. He never actually had the potion itself. No, but that's what I'm saying. He thought he took it. So his thought is, I've got the, the potion in me so he thought he was lucky. Yeah, but that doesn't mean the potion itself was a placebo. It no, no, no. Thought... I'm saying a placebo effect can occur due to this luck potion. That's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't think he had it. Uh, he thought he had it and he didn't. And he played lucky when he played fine. It's like in Space Jam, uh, when we see they had the uh, Mike's special water, they all started playing great. And then the next bit, they were playing awful. There were there was no such thing as the special water. And same as this one, Ron didn't have any luck stuff. So I think when this thing to do with luck appears, if people think they've got it, it acts like a placebo effect that they have luck when they're just playing how they think they. Do you know what I mean? All right. Yeah, I can see it might have a placebo effect. But it is a magical potion as well. It does have a magical effect. It does affect people in the same way. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying like. For people that think they have taken it and haven't, there has to be a placebo effect on them. Well, the same could be said with sugar pills at a hospital. Yeah. Like, there, ha there has to be some way, shape or form. It's like, um, oh, what's, there was something else in this one. Um, oh, I can't remember what it was. Oh, no, it was, um, no, no, it was to do with contradictory. Um, that was the other thing I was going to talk about. Yeah, so... <clears throat> The placebo effect when I was talking about this was obviously Ron thinking he had it. And then yeah. later on, to do with the luck, Hermione moans about it, saying that Harry shouldn't give it to Ron. And she's saying it's it's illegal and stuff like that. Yet she put a curse on the other goalkeeper so he would move and not get the spot. What's the difference? Yeah. Like, yeah. Harry pointed out to her. He yeah. did, uh, or in the book, at least, he did say it to her because... Because he, he literally picks up the potion, shows it to him, and she goes, you didn't put me. And he, goes, he, shakes it, he just thinks, and he nods, and then puts it back. But yeah, uh, I think it's because she was bending the rules. She doesn't, she doesn't like anyone breaking the rules, but in her mind, she, she didn't break, break the rules. She bent it a little to aid Ron. And you know she's attracted to him in this anyway. Yeah, but then technically, Harry didn't break any rules, and he bent Ron's belief in thinking that it was lucky, which is what I was saying about a placebo it, it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's very, quite contradictory of uh, Hermione to, to do that. But then teenagers. 
I, I guess. Um, I really like the liquid luck. Another thing that confused me was, um, so I was having a dinner party at Slughorns. Um, Neville is there. You can see Neville there, right? Yeah. And then later on, he's at this party thing, and he says he's not he, part into of the, the club. club. So, so how how does that work? Maybe he's maybe he's removed from the club. I mean, Horace invited people that he thinks are going to be higher up in society, so he can exert some influence. He collects people, right? Maybe he realized. Well, he, as we know, Neville's mother and father were very quite quite powerful and very well known auras. They. He may have invited Neville just to see if Neville had any of their strength. And if he decided Neville didn't, he would have shucked him off from the club. I guess. I guess so. Um, but yeah, that really confused me. I was like, oh, hang on, he was in the last scene with them, um, eating dessert. It's just so strange. He's got, he's got Neville going around offering drinks. He's got some Belby in the toilet offering towels to people. Yeah. There would be in this in a normal school. There'd be some serious ramifications. Yeah, could you go wait in the toilet and offer people towels? Again, dude, it's, it's as that's what I'm saying. Like, I really enjoy this film, but I just feel like there's so many inconsistencies with things. It was like I was saying to my missus when we were watching it. Um, it was to, it was yeah, it was to do actually to do with the water. Harry uh, makes the water. Uh, what's the word? I don't want. I don't want to use the, the magically incorrect word. Uh, it magically appears water, right, to help Dumbledore. Aguamente. That's the one. So he uses Aguamente, right? And water appears. And I said to the missus, how can they do that and then not put the fire out? And she went, because magic might not work that way. I was like, hang on. So you're telling me magic doesn't work that way. But earlier on in this film, Hermione had birds around her head and fire bolted them at Ron's face. Like... It needs the, the, where are the boundaries for it? <laughs> this is really. So you stand in your pants with this, isn't it? Really, really. It, I just don't get it. Like, you can either do one thing and you can do something. Like, if you can do one thing with water and you can control it, you can control it all the time. You can't, can and can't control it. Do you know what I mean? There's like little things like that. Um, same to do with like Slughorn. He so. Ron gets given, well, Harry gets given a love potion. Ron eats it all, right? He takes Harry, Harry takes Ron to see Slughorn. Yeah. Using it as a way to basically apologise for their previous encounter where Harry kind of overpushed, right? Yeah. Which was very clever on Harry's thinking. Then they clear it up. Harry has, they all drink mead. Is it mead? Yeah. Right? Which is poison, Wait. but Slughorn doesn't know. And then all of a sudden, Slughorn freezes. Now, he's the professor. He should know how to deal with these situations. Why does he freeze? In my opinion, he's, I think the only reason Dumbledore brought him back was because he needed the information. I don't think he was a very good teacher. I think he was just a, a collector of people. He'd be better off being a social organiser rather than a teacher. And I don't like that word, collector. It's such a... I don't know. Well, to him, to him, they're not people, are they? They're, Objects. Well, I suppose they are people. But they're just more influence. He can. He's oh, in one of the stories I read. Harry thinks of uh, Slughorn more like a spider. I think it's in one of the books. He like behind behind the web, tugging on people, drawing them into his influence. Oh, okay, that's very that's a good clever analogy, actually. Um, 
But yeah, but don't worry. Harry saves the day by shoving a a a bizor, a a bizor, bizor, which is a stomach, a stone taken from the stomach of a goat into Ron's mouth. Yeah. Um, Again, there's some stuff here that not that right. That obviously that that's clever. Obviously, thinking of you know, and I don't know. Do you know what really stood out on that part? The fact that reading the book. Harry started to learn what works with what. Like, yeah. he, he wasn't just getting lucky or cocky with the book. He was actually sitting in with him and he was understanding potions. But he was reading it at night. That's what Ron complained about, wasn't he? He's reading it so much. He sat down and read a chapter of it each night. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that Harry actually f- understands something. Like, not that he doesn't, but you know what I mean? No. Harry's not an idiot. He's actually quite intelligent. It's just Snape is a bad teacher, in my opinion. Snape is a genius. It's, it's, it's stated that he is a potions master. Yeah. And genius-level people, are, has been shown before, are really bad at teaching because they can't interact with people who don't have the same level of understanding as them. Yeah. It's, it'd be like asking Stephen Hawking to teach, well, he's passed, obviously, but to teach uh, remedial maths to a group of people. Is that teaching it to me and you? When we, our minds... No. Are just, you know, like trying to teach us quantum physics, everything he knows about black holes and that, and we'd be like sitting there with a draw coming out of our mouth or something. Where, where the penny and he's the Sheldon? That's literally it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about teach me about science. <coughs> why are you crying? People are stupid. That's why I cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Slughorn obviously freezes, and then we get the uh, the scene where Ron says Hermione's name and. It all comes to truth and that he loves Lavender is not happy at all. Her poor... I, I do love Dumbledore's line. Uh, to be young and feel love's... What was it? Tender sting or something like that? I, I don't know. I just I just feel Teen like... Sting. Dumbledore has their moments where he realised, you know what? They're so stupid. Like, I mean, it, there was the... Um, and it's always in a hospital, have you noticed? <laughs> It's always at a hospital where Dumbledore has their moments or just just a line of, oh, basically, like, to be human. Even though he is, but do you know what I mean? To, to be young yeah. and human. Um, so not, to, not to be the professor, the headmaster, but just to be Albus. Exactly. Because he, he has that moment when, um, in the first film, when he eats the earwax. When he's, yeah. Earwax. And then there's a later run in, a, uh, I think, is it the Prisoner of Azkaban? Or Goblin? Prisoner of Azkaban with the time turner. When he's telling him, he goes, I'd be back after this time. And then in this one, it, it just seems like he's always in a hospital where he has these weird moments of, I could be a, a, a normal person. Well, in hospitals, most people are the most vulnerable there. And Pop, the, Poppy Pomfrey, the head, the uh, nurse, yeah. she's never, she's very rarely referred to in the movies, but she's always been in the book. She's always willing to treat everyone the same. So I suppose it's one of the places Albus can go to be treated like Albus rather than because remember what he said when in the first movie you know in the first book when Harry asks Albus what he gets what he what he looks at and he sees in the mirror yeah. what do you see I see myself holding a, a pair of woolen socks every year I get given books no one ever thinks of what he might like what he might want it's always like what he's the persona he's created yeah should they imagine him as this like seeing him amongst mounds of books like just like a wise old grandfather figure mm-hmm yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Um, so I love that weird human side that you kind of get from Albus, uh, especially in that. Um, 
Harry with this luck potion is probably one of the funniest things I've seen in the films, in the film franchise. Um, could Can we just have a film where Daniel Radcliffe is just on permanent luck potion and he's just going around just doing a lottery and winning scratch cards and just doing things to help people. I just want one, you know, a 30 minute film of just <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. He, he's so funny. He's just so that's funny. What, that's what Harry does after leaving Hogwarts. Just massive bottles of love, uh, luck, sorry, luck potion. <laughs> Goes around, <laughs> find the scratch card. Yeah, the scratch card. Have a scratch card. Have a scratch card. It's just the first thing goes, Harry. And he goes, sir. Like, it, it's just this weird, un, <laughs> how do you put it? It's, it's like Harry is uncomfortable in the position and he's being funny at the same time. It's almost like he's high. Yeah, to an extent. <laughs> it, it's very bizarre. <laughs> when he runs into Slughorn, did you see what Slughorn's doing? Yeah, so he's cutting bits of mandrake, right? He's stealing plants. He's stealing bits of plants to sell. It, it's just when he goes, which Slughorn turns around, he goes, <laughs> <laughs> That really did make me laugh. Um, but yeah, the they go down to Hagrid. Yeah. I, so they go down to Hagrid's and they have still have this weird banter kind of thing. And then obviously, um, farewell, Aragorn. <laughs> we have that moment. Um, <laughs> farewell, Aragog. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then he, he does it again, doesn't he? Slughorn. Yeah, I don't mean to be delicate. <laughs> he just goes on milks the <laughs> milk, milks the spider of his venom. That's the correct term for taking venom. You milk the spider for their venom. Oh. I've got to give it a good squeak. Oh, just it's just weird to say that he milked a spider. <laughs> well, the spider was dead, so I don't think it minded. <coughs> Milking a dead spider <coughs> sounds right, doesn't it? <coughs> It does. You're right there. I think I've killed him. Oh, and then we get the uh, the scene where they're singing in the. Uh, I lo- I love that as well. The the way they do the size thing of Harry sitting on a a massive stool. Yeah, he's really <laughs> he's really small. And then Slughorn's a little bit bigger, and then Hagrid's even bigger. Um, I do. I like that they, they didn't take it from it. It's very similar to the scene of um, Gandalf and Frodo talking in Bag End. Do you mean like with the the depth of the way it's been done? So it, they look bigger and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Because everything Gandalf would sit in would be just a tiny bit uh, too small. Yeah, and it'd be normal size for the Hobbit. Yeah, that's what I was going with. It's very, it's very clever the way they've done that. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. And obviously, Hagrid passes out, and then we get the scene where you find out um, the actual truth. Uh, truth. Remember. Right, so this slightly confused me for a, a second. Okay. So when you pour something into one of the uh, the tubes, right, the memory or whatever, yeah, it you then pour it into this into the water thing, yeah. Pensive, yeah. Right, but in the next one, Snape has it with a teardrop, right? I suppose it depends on the strength of the memory. I mean, that's just like pull out a memory. This is like. Emotion of the memory, right? Okay, because I was going to say, like, does it always have to be? Can it can it be either? Can it be a teardrop or a... pull out from a memory? Or <laughs> God, I was about to say it could be any bodily fluid, but I didn't want to go there. But like, does it have to be something 
because I was thinking, okay, something personal from the person makes yeah. more sense. There's a teardrop. But I was thinking, like, how do they get that back to see it again? So, yeah, that slightly confused me. It was only when he pulled it out that I realised, oh, he, he took it from his own memory. It's only later when they use Snape's. So I'm assuming it works the same way, or does it have a different strength for him from when it comes from something different? I think it's... Because it's been shown that emotions really affect magic. I mean, like the Patronus charm, you can't cast unless you're focused on something yeah. that brings you happiness. So I think emotion does have a massive effect on spells. So if he's putting all his emotion, which is a lot of stuff he put into that one teardrop, didn't it? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think emotion definitely affects it. This is just putting out a memory. I don't know how they put, I don't think they, put, I don't think they actually take the memory. I think they make a copy of the memory. Yeah. It, it must if it took be, it out, he wouldn't know it. No, that's true. So I think um, there's no there's no way to memory back in because it's already there. Yeah, okay. I mean, as we know, as we know, the memories can be put into the pencil and they can be taken out because Dumbledore stores a lot of them, doesn't he, in a previous movie? Yeah, which is funny because it kind of shows that Dumbledore is also a collector of something specific, as Slughorn is a collector of people. Well, Dumbledore's an information addict. Yeah, that's been shown. He has to know what's going on around him. Um, yeah, that's very true. Um, so we'll get to so basically they find out that um, to do with the Horcruxes we get to the scene where ha, and you said Hagrid then where Dumbledore has to drink the uh, the liquid did they say what that liquid is? in the book I think it's a uh, poison obviously of some description but uh, all, all we know is it's a potion and Dumbledore says I think he in the book they try to get rid of it different ways try to vanish it and stuff it doesn't work it's only when they realise that there has to, you have to drink it because there's a shell there. Yeah, that shell is really not good for scooping up the water or the liquid, because by the time you reach the bottom, you're scraping the bottom, and there's not enough reach for the shell to grab the, the potion before it slips off again. Yeah, again, is this shell one of those things where, well, not the shell, the liquid? It can't be as strong as they think it is because he takes it and then he starts reacting to the this potion, and then he's fine. Like, is is there a time, not delay, but there's got to be a timer on how strong that potion is. Obviously, it's not going to kill the person, or it kills them if they don't take all of it. I think the potion's more meant to debilitate them, because that's why... It, it, right, um, what's it in the book? It drives the person to thirst. They have to get water. So they get to the edge of the lake, get water, and that's where all the inferni come up and attack you. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't think it matters if you drink one lot of the potion or the entire lot. The potion will still have the same effect. You really, it causes what delusions and severe thirst, which drive you towards the lake to get something to drink. Okay, so if if that's what they're doing, the locket's at the bottom, right? The locket's at the bottom. You have to drink it all, but I think uh, the more you drink, the worse the effect. That's why Dumbledore slowly get started getting worse. Yeah, but I don't understand how we didn't just scoop a lot up all at once and just take a big swig. To try and because he took like a small amount, and then that was it. Then Harry was having to literally spoon feed him the rest. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It was it's very confusing. Like why didn't he just ma magic a straw and just done? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or, or will yeah. <laughs> it into his mouth or something? I'm sorry. I don't know. Maybe it was a spell on the in the, in the books. The um, you can't. You couldn't vanish it. You could, yeah. The, the, yeah I think it had to be had to be used on this. this it had to be scooped up and drunk. 
because I think he actually in the book he summons he creates a goblet and then into the drink and drinks it rather than a shell. Right. But I don't know. I'm not sure why they didn't just get it all in one or use a use a straw. But do you know what I mean? Like I mean, it, even as a normal human being, not not as a a wizard, right? If if there's something there, a puddle of a, a pool of water. And you got a scoop. Are you going to scoop a little bit up if you're if you need to drink it quick, or are you just going to stick your face in it? I don't know. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like normally, if a tap's running, you don't look and you haven't got a cup. You put your head to the side, don't you? Like and drink from the yeah. So if that was the case, why don't you just put your head in it and you? I don't have the. Do, do you know what I mean? Like it's just things like that, and I'm thinking surely. There's, there's got to be an explanation to something. Like, I just, I felt like that, it was, the performance was great for that, but it, it kind of felt flat when it was, and then Harry magically appeared the water, and then he couldn't scoop it. And obviously that was the idea of him having to go to Yeah, the lake. lake. And that which, causes the burn eye to erupt. Yeah, which I really like. Did you, did you write, you know, well, I won't mention his name, but you know who R.A.B. is at the lock, you know who that is. Uh, yeah, it's one of the blacks, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to avoid spoilers for the next movie. We know who it is. Okay, okay. But yeah, one of those Inferni has to be him. Do you reckon? Yeah, because it he tries to really voice. It takes the uh, the locket. You find out later a house elf helped this guy. Right. And he was told to leave him behind. I think that's how it went. He was told to leave him behind. So one of those Inferni is... That the guy, yeah. So who re put all the magic together? I'd imagine it's self renewing. <clears throat> Do you reckon? Dumb- yeah, because um, Riddle wouldn't want to go back there every time something happens. It's been Riddle's more than powerful enough to set a spell that can reset itself. True. I mean, we see we saw it in the first movie. Um, the chess game had to be completed beforehand. Quirrell had to have completed it to get through. Yeah. No, you're right. And it resets itself. So we know wizards can do it. Yeah. Um, so basically, towards we're near the end of the film anyway. Um, we get to the point where they're back. Um, they find out that the, about the Horcrux, um, that it's fake. Um, and then we get the, the dreaded scene. Yeah, the standoff between Draco, Draco and, and uh, uh, Dumbledore. Dad, Dad. Yep. I was going to say Severus then, that's not right. Um... And then we have this moment where Snape appears. <clears throat> Harry's watching from underneath. And um, Dumbledore says, Severus, please. Now, in your opinion, do you think he wasn't, he was saying please as don't kill him, as in begging, or the way, the way it comes across but I think that was a Severus. Please kill me. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was it please was, kill me. It, it, what he didn't want. Oh, they, I think they when they do a flashback to this later or something, when you see Snape's memories, or at least in the book, you see that um, they talk about how he, how Dumbledore doesn't want to risk damaging Draco's soul by having Draco kill him. And Snape goes, what about my soul? Won't this hurt me? Only, only, only you will know if it will hurt your soul to help an, el- help an old man avoid embarrassment or disgrace or something like that yeah so really it was never really a murder it was planned between them it was a plan snape was willing to carry out 
I mean, in a wizarding world, I don't know how that would have gone across. Obviously, in in a normal realm, that would still be a murder. Yeah, oh, or <laughs> I suppose you could twist it to twisted suicide, but that's a major major leap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It was literally, please just finish this, save Draco, go with our plan, kill me. So again, and, and if he didn't fulfil what he we were supposed to do, one from Dumbledore and two from the Val, then Snape would have died. Yeah, because the unbreakable vow is unbreakable. It will kill you if you don't fulfil it. Um, which is clever. So it made me think. Hang on, magic. Magic is part of motion of emotion. Magic has links to emotion. Yes, it can be affected by emotion. But then, Snape knew what he was doing was for a different reason. So, um, did ma- um, how does the magic not pick up on that, or does it not have that? Right, the it? killing, the killing. Oh, oh the the, <clears throat> the magic doesn't read your mind. So if you're making an unbreakable vow. Yeah, you make it out. He 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 already he already knows what he has to do, what has to happen. So he's making a vow that he knows he's going to fulfill it at some point anyway. He knows it's already been set beforehand. It's like me and you make an unbreakable vow that we'd meet up at some point, and but we know that's going to happen. So there's no risk of actually making an unbreakable vow that's going to be broken. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that does make sense. So the, what what actually confuses me? The killing curse requires hate, as it's been said. You have to. That is what. The unforgivable curses require a lot of emotion. The, the the power to control some requires the need to dominate. The Cruciatus curse requires you the desire to cause them pain. The killing curse requires you to hate. So unless you found another way to power the killing curse, he shouldn't really be able to aim it at Dumbledore like that. Or maybe he was hating himself enough to put power it. Or maybe he was hating a situation. Yeah, okay. The situation itself might work. I mean... If you're saying it's through emotion, obviously his student, he, he knows that Harry's down and watching it as well. So he's got both of his students there. He's, he's hating the idea of having to kill his professor and obviously his, sorry, not his professor, his, his friend and colleague. Um, do you know what I mean? And obviously he's in yeah. the position. So I, I guess anger, rage, you know, for the situation, the fact that he's having to do it could be as strong as... And you've already said, Snape is a genius, so maybe he had enough in him to do that. Or he hates Voldemort that much that he's been put in this position. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of hate you could draw on. Um, Yeah, and then we obviously we see Harry um, chase after him and call him a coward. I love... Harry even... Sorry, Bob. I love the ending of the way that scene finally finishes, where... Bellatrix obviously blows up Hagrid's hut. Um, she's so, she's just so reckless, man. She has to destroy everything. Um, <laughs> like I, I love the fact that she just doesn't care. Um, she's insane. She has been for a very long time. Yeah, and then Hagrid does that slow reveal of "I am the Half Blood Prince." No, he doesn't. Severus does. Oh, sorry, not Hagrid. Snape. <laughs> Hagrid is the Half Blood Prince. That's a new twist. Snape says, "I am the Half Blood Prince." Um, yeah, because Harry goes to use the Sector Sempra. Yeah. You can't use that. my spells on me. I am the Half-Blood Prince. And his mother was actually Eileen Prince. That's why he called himself that. Oh, all right. Well, well there we go. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I just love the way that ends. What annoys me is they left that the bit to do with um, the Horcrux at the end. 
they should have been left with Snape saying he is the Half-Blood Prince. Scene. End. Like, film end. Like, there. Right there. On that cliffhanger of... <gasps> and then the next one goes on about and the Horcrux was wrong and it was a, it was a, a dud. And all that sort of stuff. And then build from that. Because I feel like that was... That, that ends right on a... <gasps> right at a, a peak point of... Oh. And now... It has to the film has to settle down again. If it stopped there, like you know the film's gonna be continued anyway. And I think ending it at that point was I think would have been a perfect finish. I don't know. I like I like the way it ended. But with Fawkes flying off into the Yeah, that first issue on my final notes, Fawkes flies away because well before that, when they find Dumbledore's body on the floor, I mean you've got the dark mark flying above them, which is like an oppression of pain or coming down on them. Yeah, and they raise they raise their wands to show their love for Dumbledore, and to like bring hope to the sky because they slowly dissolve the entire dark mark. Yeah, I guess. I guess I like, have very good ideas about it. No, no, I, I mean I like the way it was ended, but I just think or Harry doesn't see Hagrid, uh, not Hagrid. Harry doesn't see Dumbledore on the floor again. Like he's down. Then they do all this mark and stuff. And then it flips back to. I just think ending on that, I am the half love prince, because that is such, that kind of to me is no, I am your father. That's that. Oh, that is that moment. And I just think I mean, Star Wars didn't finish on that, did it? No, but imagine if it did. You'd be like, I need to see the next one. Like, what happens now? I guess, but. By this point, the books had been out, so people already knew there was yeah. Was I coming. guess there was, no, there was no massive draw. Like if it had been Star Wars, there's no books out about it at that point. There would have been hordes of people at the cinema, which they were when the when the third and final one came out. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I just like the idea of it possibly, or even if it just went to black, and then the next bit happened. It could could it just literally jumps the scene of then Harry being up again, like Harry should have been found, and then do you know what I mean, like. It's just, it just transitions far too quickly for someone that's just been attacked by Snape. Like, oh, by uh, Bellatrix and then Snape. It, I just, he just moved because he looks unconscious. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how to respond. But yeah, that was my criticism. Um, But yeah, I think that's pretty much it, right? There's one bit we didn't get, uh, we didn't look at, but I I really wanted to speak about because it's just, was not not foreshadowing, but it, it shows the, like the life cycle of Riddle when they're talking to him. When young Dumbledore is talking to him about all the bits and pieces, mm-hmm. and then the children say the orphanage. After they come out of the the Horcrux, uh, sorry, out of the, of the pensive, do you notice the smoke starts off with um, young Tom and ends up going through and uh, he's like teenage, and then he's suddenly Voldemort quickly in the smoke. Yeah, I did like that. They showed like the rapid succession of him being a. Uh, well, quite a nasty kid to be in a psychopathic murderer. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there was yeah, a lot that's... of subtle hints in this where it's something help, so, something's happening while something else is happening in that process. Yeah. Um, you get that like, quite a bit in this, uh, which, again, I like. Um, my only other criticism, obviously, I guess, right, the franchise magic is inconsistent. Obviously, I'll pick up on it a bit on more, a bit more on this one. One being it's the first one we've done in ages, over a year. The next, well, that being the fact that 
especially for this one, you'd think right before like the culmination of the whole thing over like the last seven, eight years or whatever it is, you think they'd have all that kind of stuff down and it's still a bit if it is same as when you were saying before, um with the Fantastic Beast stuff. You've seen parts of it and then you criticise the magic in that because why weren't they using a specific curse for this moment in time when that curse was around back then? Yet they use yeah. it now, but they didn't use it. Do you know what I mean? It's there makes be consistent. Like that that was my issue with a lot of this stuff. Especially in this film where the stuff that you need to be is consistent, especially with the story, and it's inconsistent. Um did you notice the colour scheme in this one is very it's very noir in moments. Yeah. <laughs> Even <clears throat> Snow Escape where Snape lives is called Spinner's End. And it is literally like it is like the set of a black and white movie. Go on, I can hear you. It'd be like the set of a black and white movie. The rain, the drizzle, the way the dark is. Except the only it's all like that, except the scene with Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. That's like an explosion of colour going off all the time. Yeah. Which is a cool shop. So I'd love to go there. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it is definitely... Uh, I would go to the shop. I'd be be interested to see what it is there. I want to... You know... I, I'd want to know what else they sell, because you only see a couple of things, obviously. You see the Love Potion. Um, got the Love Potions. You've got the uh, Nosebleed Nougat, the Fainting Fancies, and the Puking Pastels. You've got edible dark marks. They make you sick. Peruvian instant darkness powder. I know from the books you've also got decoy detonators. And there's a whole load of stuff. Because did you see the trapeze thing going across the top of the store? Yeah. That's Umbridge from the... From yeah, yeah. She's carrying... I don't know why she's carrying water or milk in those things. Uh, but she's... Could you say, I hate children. Um, but yeah, that shop would definitely be good to go into. Um, but yeah, speaking of the noir stuff, it... It's very, very strong in the scene with the um, drinking of the water off of the Horcrux. Very, yeah. just black and white. Um, and it seems like as the films, as dark as the films get, or the dark as the books get, the films follow the pattern of darkness. And I know it's, it's not just Harry Potter that does that. Um, Star Wars does it in moments. Um, I'll tell you who does it a lot, the Matrix. They go from like black and coloured schemes and all this sort of stuff into like a dark green throughout the films. They move into like a darker green version. Um, so, yeah. So, it's just interesting to see as, as dark fingers get in in the series or something like that, the colour scheme changes a lot more to to fit the, um, the ambient, like the noise change as well. Like, it's darker. It fits like the ambience and the colour scheme gets darker and stuff like that. It's just, it's an extra visual effect, but I don't know. I think sometimes, especially in that noir, the the scene with the Horcrux, it was very, so dark that I kind of watched it and I was like, mm, it it could have been brighter. Obviously, I guess the use of Harry's wand being the light source was very clever, but you'd think that the magicians or they're with the wizards. Yeah, I'm agreeing so, with you. Like, Surely, surely they could make something a lot brighter than just using a wand. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they could. They could probably have um, a strong enough wizard. Probably could have like created lots of lanterns to fly around. Well, I just mean something like that. I mean, what was the the curse that Harry done? 
Is it Lumos? That's the spell to create light, yeah. So in, in early, one an earlier film, he's under his duvet and he's saying Lumos and then lighting a room up and reading. So we know that's a curse. Why couldn't, and he's strong enough now, why couldn't he just do a, a brighter one of those and do you know what I mean? Consistency and magic, yeah. Yeah. It's just, things like that really confuse me because I'm thinking it's such a good franchise. Why didn't they just write that in? Like, they kind of sway from the book in moments anyway and don't include all of it. So it's not like it's going to be a big deal. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's what really confused me. Um, right, are we getting into ratings? <coughs> uh, I'm just looking for something on my notes because I mentioned something about uh, music being very atmospheric and I can't seem to find it now. Last, that's really good. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, it's when Harry and Dumbledore first arrived at the cave, which is before what you were just talking about. When they're on the ocean, on yeah. the big rock, and the, the sounds and the music was incredibly atmospheric. Like in, in the cinema, that must have been like waves crashing against you the entire time. Did you not see it in the cinema? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I remember watching the first four in the cinema. Then I didn't see the rest. I watched the rest on DVD. I didn't even know they existed until the fourth book. My nan got it for well, nan got it for all of us for, uh, from the newspaper. You put you a coupon, you send it in, you get the book sent to you. I didn't even know Harry Potter existed until that because I think everyone learned about it before the book, didn't they? That's when it became a lot more popular with everyone. I I think so. I can't. I, I really can't remember. Um, but I know they they got massive really really quick. I remember <laughs> watching that that thing on TV where they had J.K. Rowling. Capture of one of the books. Yeah, and I've never, I've never heard an audience over like five hundred be sat silent before. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Great. Yeah. Do you want to go first? In fact, yes, I'll go first this time. To be change. All right. I have got to think because it's not just the movie I'm thinking of. It's also on the nostalgia level. I know it was. It's not that long ago, but it was long enough for me to be nostalgic about a set of movies so I'm going to go with a solid 7 right okay why what's up with that what's nothing, with the face nothing, nothing oh that was very northern nothing uh, yeah I loved it I do love the Harry Potter movies but I'm not as into them as I used to be I mean, I've still got, I do have my own wand. Yes, that's in a box on the shelf. I love it to pieces. I've been to Harry Potter World up in London, in the, the tour thing. I've been there, I've done it, I loved it. But uh, I don't know, as I've gotten a bit older, I've been a bit more, like, you, when you watch the first movie, you look back and you think, oh, I haven't any money. No child would say haven't like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you? Um... I'm surprised. I I thought you went quite low, actually. Okay, what are you uh, what are you gonna do then? I, I was giving it an eight. Okay, go on. Explain um, yourself better than I did. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. Obviously, there is inconsistencies within the magic, but you don't just see that in this film. You see that throughout the entire series, plus the Fantastic Beasts. And I'm assuming probably in the Cursed Child as well. Um, but yeah, no, like theoretic, visually is the right word, not theoretically. Visually, I really enjoyed it. It has hit and miss moments where CGI was a little bit wavy, but... I wondered what CGI. But I, I guess from a magic point of view, I think 
for the amount of CGI that they're most probably use in these films, especially later on, they're not as bad as a lot of films, even now, using CGI. Like, they're not nowhere near as bad. Um, so I'll happily wave off a little bit of bad someone looking rubbery for the fact that Hey, if that's the only thing you've got to moan about, and then you've got bloody wizards and witches flying around on broomsticks, and that's not... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have a dud moment. At least it's not dud throughout with CGI. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed it. As I said, this is my favourite. It's probably why I rated it a bit high. Um, okay. I said 7.5 to 8. Strong 8, though. Like, that is what I would say. Um, but, yeah, no. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's probably the best one. And I think the reason I also rated it that high as well is because this is the one that really made me think, oh, I need to watch the next one now. Like, I finished watching it, and this is the first time I finished watching one, I'm thinking to myself, do you know what? I need to see what, I need to watch the next one. We don't, normally we'll go straight onto a podcast and record, so I don't have that time to think. But even now, talking about it, I'm thinking, right, I need to watch the next one. And I could happily <laughs> go back and watch this later, because I enjoyed it that much. Like, I don't normally enjoy a film that much, so I need to watch it again, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so for that reason, it's uh, that's okay. eight, seven point five to eight, whatever you want to ballpark me. Um, okay, we'll go go with eight then for you, and I've gone seven for me. So I'm amazed you put it that low. I do wonder if I'd gone back and watched that, uh, going back to the pods of the Harry Potter ones, if I would have changed my mind about the scoring because I probably I probably put them higher than this one. Um, I don't know what. Definitely, I want to get this list before we do the last one. So that when we do the ratings, we can compare them. Because I reckon that would put these films in order of what we enjoyed and what we didn't enjoy. Um, a lot of you on a seven, though. We've gone through three, and you've gave three of them so far seven. It's interesting. That is very interesting statistics. I think, I think, I, I think it's my go-to score. That it's, it's not great. It's not, uh, not sky-shatteringly brilliant, but it's not a Valerian bad. I guess. I don't know, though. Because, I mean, se- I think seven's quite... I think five is middle ground of, ah, it's all right. It's not good. It's not bad. Five is neutral. Anything under five is is Valerian vi- Dragon Wars. Anything over five is fairly decent. Well, I do enjoy I do enjoy the whole... The idea of the wisdom world, the magic and the mystery behind it. But as you, as you grow up, you, read, you look deeper into the books and the, the lore and everything, you think, that is a very deeply divided society. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, so. had, they, had, they have slavery just because they don't give the house elves the right to be called living beings. Yeah. They can be bought and sold. I'm like, oh, no. True. Right, let's get out of here, man. Um, right. <coughs> Please comment, subscribe, share this podcast with obviously your friends, family, next door neighbor's dog. I mean, if he wants to listen. Um, Sounds rough to me. <laughs> But just know that we are now at the last two Harry Potter film. The last Harry Potter film. And I'm so looking forward to it because you haven't got to do these anymore. And I haven't got to listen to that dreaded do 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 every single time I start a film. Oh. Edward theme. That's what it's called, that music, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I have to listen. Do you know what? Out of all the podcasts we've done, I think I've changed the song once. And that was to dance like a hippogriff. And even that song irritated me by the time I finished editing it. That was a goblet of fire. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, let's get out of here. Any famous last words? Guardian Leviosa. <laughs> Not so, using this film at all. 